Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From Sobros HQ in Nashville, Tennessee to wherever, you're cheering on your Tennessee Titans. The Sobros Network presents the unofficial Titans. Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the unofficial Titans podcast powered by Manscaped right here on the Sobros Network. I will be your host for the show, the EIC at SobrosNetwork.com, Big Natural Stony Keeley. You can follow me on Twitter at Stony Keeley. Follow us collectively at Titans Pod on Twitter and at Sobros Network on all major social media platforms. Mine's right, ass is tight, as we tackle episode 88 of the Unofficial Titans podcast today. And, of course, we got to bring in our co-host, the man, the myth, the legend himself, coming to us from the dad zone, outspoken, Owen Reed. Owen, how are you on this fine Friday afternoon? You know, Stoney, I'm off work. I'm not going to lie. I kind of laid around. I took the day, you know. Oh, man. I don't know if it's uh, you know, pleasant out there outside, but in here it's nice and warm. Well, that's all that matters. Yeah, it is a pretty gloomy day here in Nashville. It's rainy. It's cloudy. It's been drizzling all day. I haven't been out, so I don't know if it's actually cool or not. I've kind of been in my little cave working all day so far, so I can't I can't attest to that fact. But just looking out the window, looks like the perfect day to do nothing but just lie around on the couch, man. Well, we are going to talk about the uh, the big news of the week for the Tennessee Titans claiming Zach Cunningham off of waivers. We are going to break down this Jacksonville Jaguars game for Saturday, and we're going to talk to Phil Smith of the Believe in the Jaguars podcast. We had him on about two months ago to talk about this team. It is a much different conversation today <laughs> compared to where, where this team was in week five. You can just hear the defeat in Phil's voice, and you know... That's just permeating throughout the uh, the Jags fan base right now. So let's let's start by talking about uh, Zach Cunningham, Owen, lead tackler for 2020. This guy's been a top 10 caliber inside linebacker for the Houston Texans for quite some time. He was coached under Mike Vrabel and Shane Bowen when they were both spending time in the Houston organization. Won't be able to play on Sunday, but man, I really I really like this guy. 
and I think he solves the inside linebacking issue that this team is is having right now. He he's not the most like physically imposing kind of guy, but he is kind of quick, twitchy, and in short range. He can shed blocks, that sort of thing. He he kind of looks like what they envision Rashawn Evans becoming with the same, similar level of talent and skill, that sort of thing. So what do you make of this this uh, signing of Zach Cunningham now under contract for the Titans through 2024? I mean, I'm all for it. I think this is a good pickup. Uh, it strengthens, you know, a weak part of, the, of a defense that doesn't need a whole lot of strengthening. Yeah. Uh, I feel good about it. I don't think this is just about the here and now, though, and obviously not this weekend because he's not going to be able to join the team until, I think, Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. I probably should have written that down and taken notes like a fucking professional, but, you know, we're just <laughs> dickheads with microphones. So uh, I, I don't. he's not going to be able to join the team right away. I don't think this is just a short-sighted win-now type of thing, though, and, and – the Titans have kind of taken care of this in a way that will allow them to get out of this contract if they don't want to keep Cunningham long-term. But if you look at him as a sort of long-term solution, which I kind of gut feeling would say, yeah, this is kind of a good long-term move given his relationship with Vrabel and um, Bowen and given the the need that he fills. Uh, I, I kind of like this as a long-term fit and we're we've we've talked on this show before about being kind of nervous about the inside linebacking position moving forward with Jayon Brown struggling to stay healthy on the field and Rashawn Evans not really progressing as uh, we thought he would. But then you've got the emergence of a guy like David Long. Monty Rice has played well um, when called upon this season. Now you're looking at a potential inside linebacking core heading into next year of Zach Cunningham, Monty Rice, David Long. If I had told you that before the season started, you know, people probably be saying like, oh, shit, the Titans are screwed at inside linebacker. But now this doesn't seem like such a bad spot to be in for the future. Would you agree with that, Owen? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I kind of it feels safe. Uh, yeah. And at times we've had issues where uh, you feel like Brable's kind of favoring the people that he has history with. It's also worked out, too. Yeah. Uh, so I, I feel like this is one of those situations. Except for Jonathan Joseph, not to just drop the elbow on Jonathan Joseph out of nowhere, but Jonathan you know, fucking Joseph. Let's not. <laughs> we gotta hope Zach Cunningham doesn't pull the Jonathan Joseph on this team. But man, you want to talk about depth for a potential playoff run as guys start to get back and healthy, and now you've you've added Zach Cunningham to the fold. Man, this is um this is a good spot for this team to be in if they can just start getting things right. But it looks like reinforcements are on the way. Let's talk about this injury report roster news this week. Julio Jones, Racy McMath, Dane Crookshank, all eligible to, to come back off of IR. We've seen the clips of Julio and Racy Teron Davenport posted some uh, of, of them back at practice. Dane Crookshank, man, to me of the three, is one of the guys you're most excited to get back because of what he means to that defense and kind of where they're hurting right now because of injuries. He's a guy that can come in and help right away. What do you make of these guys coming off of IR? Who do you think the Titans are going to be most excited to have back? You know, Stoney, uh, we talked about this uh, when we heard the news that Julio was coming back, and I kind of feel like Tannehill's been given a lot of uh, – 
of mess from the media, just and sure. rightfully so. But he's also, and this is a spoiler alert, if you somehow missed the greatest movie of all time, Avengers Endgame. I mean, that's <laughs> Captain America just going up against Thanos. And, you know, it is. he's getting yeah. his ass whooped. Like, the shield is broke. Like, Tannehill's out there just struggling, fighting. And then all of a sudden, you just hear Julio Jones in the background going, on your left. I think we're going to be all right. <laughs> I think we're there. Yeah, I I think the um, just the getting a weapon back on offense helps, right? I mean, even if it is Julio and we're still waiting on A.J. Brown to get healthy, I think just getting weapons back on offense are going to kind of, that's going to kind of kickstart the the passing attack, which is something that the Titans desperately need right now. Uh, elsewhere on the roster, Kevin Byard activated off of the COVID list, said that some of his family members had symptoms, but he never showed any signs of it. So that's a good sign for him getting back on the field. And then listen to this, man. This is the most encouraging of uh, of everything. Thursday's injuries re- injury report. So this is yesterday. Full participants include Ola Adani, Jayon Brown, Nate Davis, Rashawn Evans, Greg Maben, Jeremy McNichols. Something that I don't feel like people are talking about enough is what Jeremy McNichols will mean to this offense when he can get back and they can use him in the screens that, you know, third and 23, he picks up the first down on. He's good in pass protection. I think getting him back is going to be a valuable addition. But, man, the the, the troops are coming back. Nate Davis been struggling with a concussion. He's going to be added back to an offensive line that has been playing pretty well in spots. Um getting Ola back on special teams and in the pass rush that has kind of taken a dip a little bit in the absence of Bud Dupree. Uh, what do you make of this crop of guys coming back right now, how this is going to help the roster? Yeah, it, it's major. It's everything. Uh, when it comes to the Titans, it's just been depth, depth issue after depth issue. So I think we're going to – this is a real tone setter for that defense – that, you know, from here on out, including playoffs, this is how we're going to play. Yeah, Bud Dupree is an interesting name to bring up because I I felt like a lot of people were getting kind of impatient with him because you didn't necessarily see the sack production from him, but I think he's kind of showed us more of what he means to this defense in his absence than when he was on the field, and the defensive front hasn't quite been the same since he's been off, so... Getting another piece back in that pass rush rotation, no, Ola's not Bud Dupree, but Ola showed some flashes this season of playing pretty damn well, so I'm hoping that it can kind of bolster that defensive front as well. Let's shift gears and talk about Sunday's opponents, the uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, man. Tough scene for Jags fans. It's so, I mean, it's it's funny to us because we're, you know, we're not we're not fans of the Jags right now, but... I, I hear our guy, Phil, who I'm going to talk to after the commercial break, and I just hear the defeat in his voice, man. It just seems like all confidence is gone in Urban Meyer. You've got him in press conferences talking about, well, I don't know, you should ask the running backs coach, and just kind of being lost, overwhelmed. We're hearing Ian Rappaport talk about the culture in Jacksonville because they're not winning games. There's this bizarre situation where they're benching James Robinson, and now Trevor Lawrence is coming out and saying he's talking to the coaches about getting James Robinson more involved in the offense. I mean, it just, on the surface, sounds like a shit show, man. What's your confidence level like in Urban Meyer right now coming back for 2022? Ooh. 
I mean, I don't know if they're going to be bold enough to just cut ties right away as they should. Yeah. Uh, but not this season, it will be next season. Yeah, man. I, I feel like this decision is going to come down to Urban Meyer. Like if Urban Meyer wants to walk away, then he's gone. But if he just wants to keep taking money from the Jacksonville organization, I guess that's an option that he has. But this looks like a man that is like really, really overwhelmed and stressed out right now. I, I just don't. I, I know talking to Phil, it's like Jags fans are kind of fed up with it. I would hate, hate to be in that kind of situation with my football team right now. But uh, anyway, let's talk about Trevor Lawrence a little bit. He's thrown one touchdown pass since Halloween. At one point, it looked like, you know, he was kind of going to be that next elite young quarterback. And now everybody's talking about Mac Jones up in New England. I think it's kind of a kind of unfair to Lawrence when you consider how many of the Jags receiving options are hurt, just how bad that football team is, how poorly coached that offense is. I don't think he's gotten really a fair shake just yet, but what do you think about Trevor Lawrence and, and his development right now, kind of cooling off after starting somewhat decently? Yeah, he's absolutely not in a place to grow or thrive. Uh, you say that again. I can put it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's, it's frustrating to watch because you know the talent's there and you know the ability's there, uh, but with nothing around it, I mean, you can't just put the team on the back and drag them. Man, ain't that the truth. Uh, James Robinson, I don't know how much you're uh, aware of this situation, Owen, but he's benched and they're they're not playing him despite him being probably a, a, a top 10 caliber running back in the NFL when he's on and healthy. He's kind of a quiet, reserved guy. He's not going to just come right out and be like, yeah, this, uh, this fucking sucks. Like, these coaches are stupid. Why am I not playing? But I, I think when you consider all the injuries that this Jags offense has right now, why on earth, how can you justify putting a guy that is now your best player on offense on the sideline when you need him? Yeah, that's a real head scratcher because that's – that's where all the offense has been generated from for Jacksonville. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I can't make sense of nonsense. It's just not- <laughs> That's the best way to put it. I can't make sense of nonsense. Uh, this this game, I think it's a rivalry game. I think it's going to be physical. I, I think this defense is kind of better than people realize. People look at the record. They look at the final score of last week's game against the Rams and I don't think they they truly understand how capable this defense is with its defensive front, and and we've seen them thrive against teams like the Buffalo Bills, who they beat. They beat the Miami Dolphins uh, a few weeks ago, which is a better win today than it looked like at the time. But this is a defense that is kind of capable of, of keeping the Jags in this game. And when you consider that the Titans have shot themselves in the feet before, against the Texans, against the Jets, against the Patriots, um, and against the Cardinals. I, I think this is kind of a dangerous game. I, I would caution Titans fans to be overly optimistic about this one, not waking up Sunday morning saying, like during the Texans game when people were waking up, like, oh, today's the day we go 9-2. and two. I would hey, say – at me next time. Just at me next time. <laughs> I know I'm not on social media, but – I was about to say, I can't. I can't. <laughs> people people thought that was an automatic win and, and I'm guilty of it too I, I thought they should have won that game but this game to me looks like another a, a similar type of game like you can let this team hang around and their defense is good enough to make you pay for it 
What's your comfort level at, your confidence level going into this one against the Jags, Owen? I feel like that is the issue, is the confidence versus comfortable. Uh, Ooh, I like that. I feel, I feel confident. Uh, comfortable is where we messed up. Uh, confident because we've got our you know depths back. Uh, we're coming off arrested by a week. We kind of get to break the trend that we started setting before the bye week. Sure. Uh, so confident, not comfortable. Yeah, and under Mike Vrabel, the Tennessee Titans are three and zero coming off of a bye, and they've won those games by an average of twenty point seven points. Uh, they just they beat the Cowboys by two touchdowns in twenty eighteen. They slaughter the Jags in 2019 by like 26 or something like that. And then last year, the uh, the fabled COVID game against the Buffalo Bills, and they beat them 42-16. to 16. So Mike Vrabel has shown a propensity for getting the team prepared with that extra week, and you hope that that trend continues on Sunday. But for it to continue on Sunday, the Titans have to win. So, Owen, I'm going to ask you before I provide mine, what are your keys to a Titans victory on Sunday? Uh, yeah, I think it's an initial quick start, uh, setting your tempo, uh, establishing your identity and what you're going to be uh, from here on out, and letting the past be the past, moving on, getting ready for the playoffs. I like it, yeah. Uh, something that Phil is going to talk about on the other side of this break is James Robinson being the best player on the Jags offense right now. If the Jags can get him going, that's kind of the formula for them to hang around in this game to kind of control the clock a little bit. So I think if you're the Titans, you know, you're getting a little bit of your defensive depth back. You're getting a little healthier. You can't allow the Jags to get James Robinson going. You have to kind of force the Jags out of their comfort zone, force Daryl Bevel to kind of call plays and scheme to get guys open because that's where the Jags have looked their weakest so far. And I think if you do that, despite Trevor Lawrence saying this week he's just going to go out there and let it rip, I think if you can control the run game, you can really squeeze this Jags offense into uh, a mistake or two and, and just kind of growing stagnant. Second, I would say you've got to neutralize that pass rush because it can get to you. And and we've seen Tannehill under pressure in the past kind of aggressively throw uh, interceptions. And that's one thing that We've talked about on this show before. He seems to be a little more aggressive at home than on the road. This game is at home. So I think you're asking for a big game out of your offensive line, your tight ends that are coming in to block, your wide receivers that are blocking downfield. I think you've got to block well for this for this to, uh, to kind of neutralize the Jags' defense. Don't let them get to Ryan Tannehill. Do something to offset the capability of Dewan Smoot, who's having a great year, and Josh Allen, who appears to be getting healthy for the Jags and will be back for, for this one. And finally, I will just say protect the fucking ball. Don't throw the dumb interceptions. Don't let fucking punts bounce off your, your feet and, and into the hands of the other team. It, it's it's kind of one of those common sense things, right? It's a key for key to victory for everybody. If you turn the ball over, you're probably going to lose. But given how this team, this Titans team, has struggled with the turnovers in recent weeks and how costly they have been, I think maybe coming out of the bye week, there is a sort of a refocus uh, on protecting the ball and just kind of getting back to basics in that sense. So I think if you do those things, I think you're pretty confident that this team can come out with a win. So Owen. I'll ask you for a prediction for Sunday. What do you think happens in this one? 
ooh, I'm, I, I got faith in it. Uh, I don't want to put a number to it. I don't want to put that kind of expectation out there. But I feel confident that this team is ready. And it's, it's Jacksonville. Come on, man. What are we sweating? I, I'm with you, man. I think this should be a win, but I would not be surprised to see the. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see this be a close game in the first half, and then um, something happens where the Titans end up going up by maybe ten points in the fourth quarter. So I think I could see this being like a twenty-seven to seventeen type of game. That's going to be my official bullshit out of nowhere prediction for this one. So, to oh, the moon. oh, and I, I appreciate you joining me today to talk about this game. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna get back. We're gonna talk to Phil Smith of the Believe in the Jaguars podcast and we're gonna get his take on where this team is at. So before we do, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at Manscaped. It's it's the holiday season and and maybe you don't know what to get as a gift or a stocking stuffer. Well, today's sponsor Manscaped has the tools to guarantee that you win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competition. Manscaped is the leader in men's below-the-waist grooming, and they have served more than 4 million men worldwide. If my math is correct, that's almost 8 million balls. You can get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code SOBROSTITANS20. Ho, 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 fellas, naughty or nice, tis the season to perform. Manscaped's best-selling product is the Performance Package 4.0, which is at the top of every man's wish list this year. Inside, you'll find their Lawnmower Body Trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, butt, and body, and the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. Let's not forget their famous liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner to maximize your ball hygiene routine. Get the Performance Package now to receive... There are two free gifts as well, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. The dads can't stop talking about this. The teens secretly buy it, and the women will love you for it. Now, these are our picks for Manscaped Surefire when the stocking stuffers. The Manscaped 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner just launched. Kill two birds with one stone. Number two, the Manscaped Cologne-Infused Body Wash. I got some of this right now. I bathe my full body in it every day. Number three, the Shears 2.0 Luxury 4-Piece Nail Kit. Number four, Crop Mops Ball Wipes for your stanky balls. You don't have to worry about stanky balls anymore with the Crop Mops. Come on, Manscaped. They think of everything. Number five, the Manscaped Signature Cologne. These formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free, so you know their products are legit. Make sure you hurry to their site to ensure these wild gifts show up before the holiday season. And while you're at it, get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code SOBROSTITANS20. Whether this is for your partner, dad, brother, friend, get them something that they will actually use, and it's almost sure to get a laugh. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with code SOBROSTITANS20. Be the ballsiest gift giver this year with Manscaped. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we get back, I'm going to bring in Phil Smith of the Believe in the Jaguars podcast right here on the unofficial Titans podcast. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Back here on the unofficial Titans podcast brought to you by Manscaped. Stoney Keeley here with Phil Smith. Phil, we had you on for round one between the Titans and Jags, and the people loved it so much we had to have you back. So, Phil, with the Believe in the Jaguars podcast, how you doing, buddy? You doing all right today? Hey, Stoney. Good to be back. Thanks so much for having me on again. Uh, always uh, had a lot of fun last time. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to this one. Yeah, yeah, do it all right. All things considered, just came off of a little bit of a vacation. I actually traveled to L.A., to watch the Jaguars play the Rams. Uh, saw that. Stadium super nice, but uh, the <laughs> the play on the field wasn't. So, but other than that, it was a great trip. So, you know, just kind of coming back down from that a little bit of a vacation high until, uh, you know, the next couple of weeks until we get into a little bit of another break here soon. I do want to say happy belated birthday as well. Thank Did you. you get to do anything fun for your birthday or was the trip like a birthday thing? Yeah, we actually, it just so happened to, and you'll, you'll think this is cool too. This just so happened to coincide with LA comic-con. So we That's got awesome. to go on Saturday, which was my birthday. And it was, it was crazy. Like we go to, you know, the conventions here in Florida and close by, but I mean, LA comic-con is a whole different beast. So it was, uh, it was awesome. I, I only bought one fun pop, which I was pretty proud of myself <laughs> for. Uh, <laughs> That's some buy- restraint. I know, but I did buy a lot of artwork, so it was kind of like a give and take. So very cool, <laughs> but, very. So yeah, cool. it was pretty cool. Thanks, I appreciate that. So what was the uh, the SoFi Stadium experience like? Because I mean, you know, that this is the the first season. It's just like a a giant uh, UFO landed out yeah. in in LA out there. That's basically what it looks like. It's one of those things I compare it to when I first saw AT and T Stadium when I was in Dallas, and it just okay. doesn't. It doesn't look real. Like even when you're like <laughs> right up next to it, you're like, can I really touch this thing? Like, is it? It's insane. I will say this though, I do have a, some complaints about the stadium. Again, it's it's a beautiful venue. The presentation for the Rams is awesome. They have a great DJ. They have a really great. You know, it's, it's a spectacle. You know, it's LA. Like Dr. It's Dre LA. was there. Yeah. Uh, who who else was there? Um, Daniel Day Kim was there. So it was like you know stars were out and stuff like that. So it's a pretty cool situation. But I will say, and my other co-host on my other project, the Way For a Podcast, will speak to this too. The most uncomfortable seats I've ever sat in. Like, oh man! They how were how so, does that happen? They're just so narrow and like, and I'm not a, like a big guy, but like, you know, I'm also not tiny, you know, <laughs> like, so just sitting in those seats was so uncomfortable. And, you know, my co-host, I'm believing the Jags pointed this out too, is like, you know, the, they're building these big stadiums and they're trying to fit as many people in there as possible. So they're sacrificing that comfort for, you know, higher attendance. And that's basically what's happening. So the vendors were good. Uh, the people working in the stadium, all nice and everything like that, but the actual seats, which is of course where we spent most of our time, pretty underwhelming so it's a little disappointing we need to figure out who we need to write our letters to so far right. stadium get it together with the seats yeah. so what were what were some of your main takeaways from that rams game and the jags performance in it man and, and you know we, we came off this episode that we actually just released one here this morning and it was more of a air out our grievances type of thing because we're to the point now where it's like and you can probably speak on this as like well it's a little different because you guys are winning for us it's like a repetitive <laughs> thing so it's like how many things can we really bring up because the fan base knows we know analysts know what's wrong with the jaguars right like we we get it at this point so it is what it is they've been of course hit with injuries the coach you know the coaching is i'm sure we'll talk about that in a moment but it was just in kind of an embarrassing situation it's 
an offense that's just stagnant. It's a defense that is trying to do its absolute best, but yeah. they played pretty well in the first half. And then the Rams made adjustments and they couldn't keep up with those adjustments. And that's basically because of a couple of things, whether it be coaching, although I think Joe Cullen, the defense coordinator is in a very good job given what he has, but it's, a, uh, it's really about that. And it's also about personnel. And you know what, the, when you go out there and on the West coast where they already struggle and then play a team that has that many weapons, it's kind of a recipe for disaster. And that definitely showed in the second half specifically. Man, you, you talk about this team playing pretty well in the first half. This last stretch, the last seven games since the Titans and Jags last played, they've had competitive losses to the Colts, competitive loss to the Falcons. They beat the Dolphins. That win looks a lot better today than it did yeah. at the time. And then they beat the Bills. Mm -hmm. So they're two and five in this stretch, but I feel like they've played some competitive football down the stretch and they're just like finding ways to lose games. Yeah. Where uh, where do you think this team is at heading into this game and how much fight do they have in them at two and ten? It doesn't look great right now. The fan base has essentially all but turned on Urban Meyer, uh, the offensive coordinator, Daryl Bevel. It's they've lost pretty much the fan base. Oof. It's it's pretty bleak, to be honest with you. And it just doesn't appear to be working. The main grievance is when Urban Meyer takes to the press conference and he's just not forward. You know, he's completely yeah. uh, he's dodging questions, not answering them or telling people, I don't know. That's the thing that's really upsetting people is I don't know. I couldn't tell you. That's the part. That's Pretty sure really, he's the guy really... that's supposed to know. <laughs> yeah, you should. You should know. <laughs> Talking about, you know, the James Robinson question, which is the big deal right now, as far as why wasn't he in the game and he can't give an answer like you can't ask your running back coach what the heck is going on. You can't talk to your offensive coordinator about what's going on. That's where they that's where he's lost. People is just yeah. the lack of. Uh, accountability. And the one thing that we brought up on this week's episode, Jay and I, is the difference between what's going on in Detroit and what's happening in Jacksonville. The Lions are 110 and one, but they don't mm -hmm. feel like a 110 and one football team. They feel sure like don't. a team that they has, of course, has bought into their coach. And I was one of those guys when I heard Dan Campbell come out and being like, we're going to bite kneecaps and all this. I was like, what <laughs> the hell is this guy talking about? And I was wrong. I was totally yeah. wrong, man. And that guy has has gotten not only his team, but the fan base to buy into his culture. And it's night and day. I've never seen such a drastic difference between a team that has one win and a team in us that has two wins. It's completely different. And it's it, it's just not working. Yeah, the Lions have been pretty close to a few more wins than yeah. the, the one that they have. And then you had Dan Campbell in the press conference crying because they just kept losing. And it, you just felt like, there's a lot of passion in that yep. locker room and those players really kind of rally around uh, good old man Campbell. Yeah, so exactly. It, it, it seems like a stark contrast to what's going on in Jacksonville now. And, and we were kind of having conversations that weren't so different from this one, not to this extreme degree, obviously, but the first time we recorded together, there were already some of those questions seeping in about, the culture and urban Myers longevity uh, yeah. in Jacksonville, what like from, from a, an on the field standpoint, what is different about this Jags team from the first meeting between these two uh, teams? Yeah, of course, you know, injuries have just rattled them. You know, Dan Arnold now out Jamal Agnew now out James Robinson, still not a hundred percent. And then of course you have the whole thing with him getting touches all yeah. together I think last time we spoke, we had just lost DJ Chark. And even though he was struggling, the 
we really could use him right now. You know, he was struggling in the beginning of the season, but just ha- having that guy right now, Stoney, our best receiver is Laquan Treadwell, and he has played very, very well. But somebody pointed this out on Twitter. Laquan Treadwell wouldn't be on an NFL roster if it wasn't for Trent Baalke and Urban Meyer. Oof. So, I mean, he's playing really, really great and, and more power to him. And I hope he sticks around. I hope he has earned the right to stick around whatever for uh, when this next group of wide receivers, whoever may be included in that. But it's just, uh, you know, it, a team that went one in 15 last year, that team looks better than this, this team currently. And that's baffling Tough scene. to say it, it, a lot of that has to do with James Robinson. I think too, there was a lot of, a, a lot of really big games from James Robinson and now he's been banged up. And then for some reason, they just don't want to run them. They're so committed to Carlos Hyde. Somebody made a joke. It was cause we nominated miles Jack as our, um, Walter Payton man of the year. And so right. was like, oh, I'm surprised it wasn't Carlos Hyde. Cause they, they just love to play <laughs> Carlos Hyde so much. And listen, Carlos Hyde is a, is a, fine backup player all right he he's had a great career but he's not james robinson <laughs> he's not james yeah. robinson so the biggest difference is just they're not getting the running game going the, the the we are getting good play out of the defensive line josh allen and dewan smooth have been playing really solid uh we found R- rudy ford who has been thrust into the uh, into this the the nickel role has really really flourished and tyson campbell has been a huge improvement over the last few weeks too he has been one of the bright spots for sure because he was struggling pretty bad early on and it seems like it's starting to click for him and that guy is basically a first round pick he's the second he's the first pick in the second round you yeah. want to see that guy come out and and do well of course, because, you know, you got Trevor Lawrence, ETN, you lost for the season, and then Campbell, and then the rest of the guys haven't really played. Walker Little has has gotten very little playing time. Andre Sisco, who fans are clamoring for, can't get on the field for some reason. So, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's hard to pinpoint it, but when you see the product in the field, it's baffling that this team looks so different than it did last year, where we won less games. <laughs> Man, even two months ago, you and I agreed that James Robinson is an elite level back in the NFL. And here we are two months later, and there's this bizarre situation going on where he's not getting touches. He's being benched. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is, is come out in the, uh, the it's come out in the news this week that he's gone to coaches saying that James Robinson needs to see the field more, right? What's going on between urban Meyer and James Robinson. Fill us in on that situation. That's the thing is we're not 100% sure and, and doesn't see they're asking like credit to the local media. They're asking, but yeah. they're not getting an answer from him. And he, you know, he's given an answer as well. I don't, you know, I don't micromanage and Daryl Bevel's out here saying, I'm not going to talk about James Robinson anymore. And I'm like, are you kidding me, man? Like he is arguably the best player you have on offense. Yeah. And well, he is right now, actually, he is the best player we have on offense right now. And he, granted, again, he's not 100%, but still to have him out for 20 snaps, Stoney, 20 snaps That's in a game where you're nuts. still in it, where you're still in it in the, in the second half. It's only 16 to seven. They gave up like a big kickoff return right off the bat and then held them to three. Like, that's what I'm talking about with the defense yeah. is they're doing whatever they can. And then you, you're playing an offense that's better than you, and you're not going to hand the ball off to the guy that can possibly control the clock for you. It makes no sense. So I wish I, I'm sorry. I don't have a straight answer. He's not giving us one. He's not giving us an answer and we don't know what the hell's going on, man. I I saw a clip, forgive me. I can't think of the name of the show, but it looked like a local show down in Jacksonville where someone asked James Robinson point blank, like, 
what was going on. And I, I felt like he tried to be as diplomatic as possible. Oh, he I mean, answered it so well. You're putting a player so in well. a tough spot because he yeah. can't come out and be like, yeah, this sucks. This is stupid <laughs> and I don't get it. But yeah. I felt like just his body language and his response told a lot. And, and it felt like he was trying to fight the urge to kind of bite back a little bit. It, it mm. kind of feels like there are some hard feelings there. Do you think that's that's an overreaction to say? I don't think so. And yeah, you're, yeah that was uh, Brent Martineau and Dan Hicken. There it is. Local guys here. Yeah. So, and they do a uh, they do a, a local Jaguar show down at Jacksonville Beach every week. So, yeah, he, he was on there. And again, like I said, he he handled that question so well, man, a professional's yeah. professional. So he did a great job. And I think the one saving grace for for us here as far as Jaguar fans, because we've been through this uh, as far as players getting upset. We had Jalen Ramsey, Unique Ngakwe, all those mm-hmm. guys. The thing with James Robinson, he is a very soft-spoken and, and, and quiet guy. So while internally, and maybe he's having these conversations with his family or his agent or whoever it may be, I, I don't think we would see it come out externally in a public fashion like we did with some of these other players. He's sure. he's always been that kind of guy. I mean, he went to, you know, a kind of, uh, obviously he was an underrated guy, wasn't even drafted. He's always been yeah. a very quiet and humble person. So I think that at least works in our favor. He's not, you know, some... Uh, outspoken loud player he just puts his head down and does his job so but but i do worry that um i don't know if they're just think banking on etn being their guy next year dangerous and i hope they're not trying to push him out i mean you can have both of those backs coexist exactly not that difficult to do yeah so i don't know what the heck their their thought process is but i mean if i were james robinson i'd be pretty upset especially when your quarterback is lobbying for you so yeah i mean when you get the approval of the the franchise guy and and the the stamp of approval there then yeah, I'd probably be pretty upset too. So uh, again, I think it just works in our favor that he is a little bit of a quieter guy. It, it kind of feels like it's a testament to Trevor Lawrence's leadership skills, mm-hmm. but also an indictment of Urban Meyer's leadership skills that you've got your yeah. rookie quarterback mm-hmm. that that is out there in the press, like talking, it, it's come out in the press is talking to the coaches about getting other players more involved in the offense. Like, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I saw your tweet about, Urban Meyer's press conference is saying it seems like sometimes Urban Meyer is completely lost. Yeah. Um, and then you're seeing assistants leaving for college. I think they've yep. lost assistants to Virginia Tech this week. Uh, I don't know if it was official, but there were rumblings that they were losing someone to Florida, Florida as well. Yeah. Uh, Billy Napier's staff there. Uh, yep. I saw Ian Rappaport on the Pat, Pat, Pat McAfee show this <laughs> yeah. week talking about the culture in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. I, I, is urban one and done in your opinion in Jacksonville? I know a lot of us hope so. And I hope was on so. the fence about this. Uh, yeah. And I was on the fence about this from the beginning. I wasn't a big fan of the hire to begin with, but I was like, all right, well, let's see how it goes. But the, the thing is that that worries me and a lot of people is Shad Khan is an incredibly patient person. And okay. I mean, he kept, he kept Dave Caldwell around for almost a decade and had one winning season. You know, so, I mean, you talk about a guy who just refused and a regime who refused to admit that Blake Bortles wasn't the guy wasted a Super Bowl defense on Blake Bortles, you know, tough scene, uh, a very, very small window. And that's the thing about Shad Khan is he is just um, very, a very patient person. And I don't know that he'd be willing to admit that this was his that this was a mistake after a year. He needs to 
And, <laughs> but I just don't think that he's going to do it. I mean, you, you look at some of the names, some of the names that people are throwing out there. Of course, Eric, the enemy is going to come up again. Byron sure. Leftwich, who, of course, was here, you know, drafted here. And then, um, you know, who knows if he's going to be a good NFL head coach, but it'd be a hell of a story. I, that, I'd be much happier with that than Urban Meyer rolling the dice on on Byron Leftwich than, than Urban Meyer. But it, I just don't see it happening unless Urban steps away after this year. And uh, just because of how Khan is now, I, I found out a very interesting um, one thing that's very frustrating about this is I found out a very interesting tidbit about Fulham, which is the soccer team, football team that he owns. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> they are they were pretty terrible for a, quite a long time. And Justin Mello, I believe, who also covers the Titans. Uh, my yeah. Yeah. Um, had was on his show just a couple of days ago. I learned Justin told us that uh, Fulham is actually on the verge of promotion. Like they're great right, <laughs> right well, now. So I'm like, why aren't you showing that same amount of determination here as you are over there? It's a you fair know? question. A fair so question. It's frustrating. I mean, everything that else that they touch has been working pretty well. AEW is flourishing. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, so I got my Adam Cole shirt on right now. I mean, I like, there you go. You're ready. It, it's uh, everything else they, they have done is done well. But for some reason, they just can't get it right here. And I think it really just comes down to getting the right football minds in. And uh, Urban Meyer just wasn't the, the right fit for this uh, as much as he wants it to be. It does kind of, I'm glad you you mentioned this because it does kind of feel on the surface uh, based on what we're seeing is like, this might just come down to Urban's decision, whether or not he is overwhelmed by this and wants to walk away, um, which is, you know, I, I like you, Phil, my heart goes out to you. I hate that you have to <laughs> root for this team in this situation right now, um, but it's it's wild. Um, it, it just kind of seems like this is a... Um, a disaster waiting to happen is that being dramatic or is that kind of the growing sense among the Jags fan base yeah no I don't think it's dramatic at all because a lot of people are again are there okay and you know people keep trying to bring up all these college jobs you know Oregon and at first it was Notre Dame and you know and then it was all these other jobs uh what Brian Kelly is going to leave and then that way UCLA will open up and all this kind of stuff you know yeah and the thing about that is, and this is what I told a friend of mine who brought up some of these rumors, is Urban's not going to go recruit. Mm -hmm. Like, he, he's not going to go do that again. He won't walk five steps down the hall and talk to Daryl Bevel. <laughs> you think he's going to go? <laughs> you think he's going to hop on a plane from Eugene, Oregon to Tyler, Texas and, <laughs> and, go, can, and go recruit? Oh. He's not going to do that. Mm -mm. He's not going to do all that over again. The only thing that I, I really thought was possibility was Notre Dame. And once that closed up, I was like, no, nope, he, he's going to he's either going to stay or he's going to have to walk away. And unless, again, something catastrophic happens, I mean, then I, I think he's going to stick around. Uh, I think most of the offensive staff will be gone. Uh, of course, the, a lot of those guys, as you mentioned, have already taken other jobs or have jobs lined up. Um, I think you definitely got to move on from, from Daryl Bevel. Um, that's just not working whatsoever. And it's frustrating too, because you see some instances where he is scheming these guys open, but yeah. it, it's like 2% of the play calling. And the rest of it is, you know, uh, checkdowns and, and screen plays for, for guys that can't break tackles, you know, other than James Robinson. So and uh, he's it, sitting it, on the bench. Exactly. He's not even playing. <laughs> so if he does stick around, the offensive staff has to go. If he's not going to be hands-on, he needs to find someone that's going to be able to fill that role and, and do better. Because again, Joe Collins has been doing a great job on the defensive side. So I definitely yeah. 
would lobby to keep him around and just add a few more pieces. And then you're right there. But offensively, they have so much work to do. And if he's going to stick around, he's going to have to address that hard. Let's talk about Trevor Lawrence a bit thrown one touchdown since Halloween. What has his development looked like as the season's gone on? There have definitely been some, some areas of concern, but when you put the tape on it, just no one's open. They they can't get separation. And that's one thing that I just, I've, I've learned to appreciate so much as I've gotten to do this more and more over the years is you can have a great quarterback and yeah, they can sometimes throw guys open, but if they're not getting open on their own, then there's nothing that can be done. I mean, it's painful to watch this offense right now, especially if you're not going to play James Robinson. So it's just hard. It's he's doing what he can. And it's just more evident than ever. We went into this season thinking, okay, we have three solid receivers. We got DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, Marvin Jones, Jr. And course dj Chark got hurt laviska has not progressed whatsoever laviska looked better under doug marone and um gosh i'm blanking on the name of the offensive coordinator from last year he used to be the Bengals head coach uh but laviska should not look better under that regime than he does now which is insane and you know they've while while james robinson is out they've been putting laviska running back and yeah he's like a power guy but he doesn't have the ball carrier vision necessarily you know that james robinson has Mm -hmm. um Marvin Jones Jr. I don't know if it's maybe, you know, looking at the film, they are focusing on him a lot, but also he's not been able to get any separation. Again, like I said, Laquan Treadwell has been the best guy on the, on the receiving court. And if you told me at the beginning of the season that we would have to replace three or four receivers, I would have thought you were crazy. I would never have believed that. And now I think you can bring DJ Chark back probably on a, you know, kind of a quick prove it deal that coming off the injury. Um, and then you're going to have to go all in on one of these big names, whether it's Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson, uh, Devonte Adams, who I don't think is going to come here. I hope I hope fans are are, are talking <laughs> themselves into that. Allen Robinson and, and Chris Godwin is a is is a maybe depending on what they're uh, what they want at this point in their career. But they uh, with Trevor Lawrence, it's really hard to tell because he's throwing to Tavon Austin and Laquan Treadwell in 2021. You know, and again, no, no disrespect to those, those guys, but they're not number one receivers. Dan Arnold, who we had a lot of chemistry with now gone, man. Yeah, so, uh, that that was really, really tough. So it's hard to say, but he still makes those couple throws each and every single game. You're like, wow, that's uh, you see it once he gets the once he gets these guys in. And uh, you know, there were some people right in the last couple of weeks that have been saying he's not it. He's not the guy. And I'm like, come on, I've guys. seen it. <laughs> yeah. Like if you sat here and watch Blake Bortles and Blaine Gabbert for the last few years, and you think that this is the same thing that's happening. Don't ever talk to me about football, please. Just don't talk to me about football. I don't want to hear it because yes, he has struggled, but there are throws that Trevor Lawrence makes every week where that we have never seen in, in, in Jacksonville ever before. So, and it's still year one. Exactly. So he's going to get there, but they need to help him out. (laughs) They need to find guys that can catch the ball and get open. So what's the uh, what's the status of of Josh Allen and what does his presence mean for that defense? Yeah, he is he has been just God, one of the few bright spots of, of this season, and 
you know, you got a little worried. He had a little bit of a sophomore slump uh, once Calais was gone and, and Jan was out of there. And now he does have a little bit more of a um, of a running mate and Dwan Smoot who's had a really good year as well. And now you're looking at the idea of pairing in with Kayvon Thibodeau or Hutchinson or something along oh, those man. lines. And you think to yourself, man, you know, you, you really think you may have something here. And if you look back at the history of the Jaguars, and my co-host pointed this out, the the basis of those teams has been defensive line play. We're looking all the way back to Stroud and Henderson and, um, and then uh, Paul Spicer and all those guys in the, in the middle, you know, Rob Myers. So that is where they need to build the team from the inside out. That's going to be the identity of Joe Cullen is, is continuing going to continue to do very, very well. Then uh, yeah, you probably look at one of those two guys and then start, uh, start working on uh, working on that defense and pairing Josh Allen with a possible, another, you know, all pro guy. So he has just been so great um, in a, in a defense that has struggled outside of Tyson Campbell. So, you know, at least you have, uh, you have guys that are showing up. Taven Bryan even has played pretty well. You know, a guy that was just, everyone was ready for him to get cut and get out of here. Trying to run him out of town. <laughs> yeah. All the guy does is play football and Twitch stream. He's not bothering anybody. <laughs> like, <that's, laughs> he just goes out and does his job. Is he a first round pick? No, but you know, he's still playing pretty well. So we've gotten to the point now where it's like, we should probably extend Taven Bryan. It's not going to cost a lot of money and he's a rotational guy. So yeah, it works. Yeah, so you know why why get rid of those guys? Tyson Alualu was another guy like that. I really lobby hard for when he left for Pittsburgh. I was like, you keep guys around like that, as, as yeah. you know, you, you fight for those types of types of guys. So, uh, but him just going out there and continuing to play well has been a huge sigh of relief. Of course, you know because you know so many other first round draft picks are either struggling or gone. At least Josh Allen is playing well. And, uh, you know, one of the few bright spots from that previous regime. So it's, it's nice to see him continue to progress. So I look at Sunday's game and I think, you know, the Titans are coming off of a bye and under Mike Vrabel, they've been pretty good coming out of a bye, but this is still a rivalry game. I expect it to be a physical contest the way the Jags defense is playing right now. I look at this team also losing to the Jets, losing to the Texans, and then losing to the Patriots, um, the Texans and the Patriots being their last two games. 0-2 during that stretch just to make it to the bye. They're banged up. They're starting to get some guys back. Uh, I don't think that's going to be uh, the cure for what ails this team. So I'm trying to encourage Titans fans to not just get your hopes up that this is going to be a big blowout win on Sunday. From right. the Jags' perspective, what do you think they have to do to win this game? Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I'm pretty sure it was similar to what we talked about last time. Is run the ball. You know, yeah. James Robinson is at least even ninety percent. You know, con control the clock, run the football, and you know, limit Trevor Lawrence's throws as to receivers that again can't really get open. You know, they just gotta. If it's if you're not gonna scheme wide receivers open or anything like that, then just hand the ball off. You know, mm -hmm. just just run. There's a guy in my section that wears a hat every single weekend that says run the damn ball that, that is that. <laughs> and that's that's what works man so if he is if he looks good and is trending in the right direction he didn't practice today but i assume he's still going to play um then you just gotta you gotta run the football because i have such little faith in the offense and, and the air game right now that I just don't think that that would be able to, they'd be able to get it done. So run the football and then maybe you can try and, you know, scheme some of those other guys open Laquan Treadwell, uh, and Marvin Jones, Jr. Who is 
sometimes just completely absent from the offense for whatever reason. So uh, you just got to prevent, uh, you just got to run the football and prevent Trevor from running from his life or for his life, which was, he was doing a lot in, in LA. So, um, you know, and then the defense just, they, they've had those performances specifically against Buffalo where for the most part of the season, they had been bend, but don't break. But then the dam eventually does break against Buffalo. It didn't, you know, they, have, yeah, right. So they, they just need the offense to hang on just, a, you know, just long enough for them to continue to, to play well. Uh, and, you know, and like you said, the history between those two teams, it's, it's crazy. Like, well, I mean, this, the game was pretty, pretty close in the first half, the first matchup. And then of course, sure. You know, Derrick Henry was Derrick Henry and, you know, did Derrick Henry things to the Jaguars. So, you know, this time around, of course, you don't have to necessarily worry about that. And it's one of those situations where it's like, it would be the most urban Meyer and Jaguar thing for them to do to come in and win the game. Like when you don't want them to win, (laughs) it would be the most Jaguar thing to happen is if they came in and won another, some ugly game, you know? Uh, But yeah, that's why they do just run the ball, give the ball to your best player. There it is. You heard it here first. Uh, Phil, that's all I've got for you today. I appreciate your time on this week's episode. You got any parting shots before we get on out of here? Uh, no, I just hope everybody else has a uh, happy and, and safe holiday. And Stoney, thanks so much for, for letting me come on again. It's it's wild. Like we, even though our teams are just hate each other so much, I always have the most fun with, with Titans uh, podcasters. So I, I, thanks for having me on and I appreciate it. Can't wait to do it again. Well, we'll do some in the off season for sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. What are you uh, What are you working on this week? Where can people find your stuff? Yeah, so a little bit of a break on my uh, pop culture show with Wait For a Podcast, but we'll be back next week, you know, with Spider-Man coming out and all that crazy stuff. So I can't wait, we'll, man. Of course, we'll be talking about that. Got my tickets secured. And then uh, Believe in the Jaguars, which is, uh, of course, can you found anywhere along with my other podcasts. So just keep an eye out for that. And then I also have a third uh, project called All Here It Goes which is a pop culture nostalgia podcast. So we've been doing like Keenan and Kel, Hey Arnold, all that kind of stuff. So if you're feeling nostalgic, you Excellent. can check that out too. Excellent. Well, thanks again, Phil. Uh, happy holidays. I appreciate you coming on twice this season. Like you sure. said, we'll have to uh, get together in the, uh, in the off season and figure something, something out. It's always delightful to talk to you, my man. We're going to get out of here on this week's episode. Enjoy Titans and Jags on Sunday. Remember to check out Manscaped and get 20% off your entire order and free shipping with the promo code SOBROSTITANS20. That's manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. We are at SOBROSNETWORK.com, SOBROSHOP.com, Patreon.com slash SOBROSNETWORK. And of course, you can subscribe, rate, and review to the unofficial Titans podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you take in your shows. For Phil Smith, I am Big Natural Stoney Keely, and until next time, you stay classy, Titans fans.